3: The James Harrison episode of the Still City Insider Podcast. And what an episode it is today. Number 92, Jim, the Steelers are in the postseason.
4: Okay. (laughs) Okay, that's it. You know, what's funny is you sent me a text. I think I got it the next morning. It said, yes. (laughs) It's an extra week of work, man. Yeah. Puts food on the table. Yep. Trying to be cool and calm and collected, but it's great. It's a great story.
3: It's a it's a great story. But if you look at the national media, uh, the Steelers being 10 point dogs here, traveling into Buffalo, 1 p.m. game, which is great. But just listen to some of these references to the Steelers team in terms of their their prospects of winning this weekend. Uh, You had Chris Brockman, who's on the Rich Eisman show, say that the Steelers are going to get smacked. Stephen Smith, who's a Steelers fan, saying that this playoff berth is fool's gold. And Pete Prisco, uh, who says about the Steelers, they are a bad team and have absolutely no business being in the playoffs. What say you, Mr. Wexel?
4: My man, I, I've been watching them the last three weeks. You know, they had three poor weeks before that, but they had no quarterback play. So uh, they have beat up some bad defenses, and Baltimore's defense – even with their all their starters, is kind of soft against the run if you look at the last eight games. Uh, so, I mean, they can have their minor points. The Steelers have been bad at times, but I don't know. They seem to be gelling right now, and the offensive line is playing much better. They have a ground game. Um, they're getting their safeties back, and um, uh, they have a, a, some kind of passing game. I mean, uh, Mason... He had some flaws in his last game, although 18 of 20. I know it was all short stuff, but still, he he made some big gaffes that he overcame with a 71-yard touchdown pass.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, the Bills are going to have a lot of pressure on them. I'm going to guess that those same guys, Pete Prisco and his pals, they uh, said the San Diego Chargers had no business being in the AFC championship game in 1994 when the Steelers were, I think like 11 point favorites or something, you know, the, the, the Steelers are 11 point dogs to the Colts with Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're a big dog like that, you can play loose. You really don't have anything to lose.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Of course, except your season. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, there's a tightening that can be on uh, hat on the other side, especially in front of a fan base that has seen them choke many, many, many things away. Mm-hmm. And it could be a here, here we go all all over again. Then again, it could be a madhouse. They're coming home from Miami. They're finally playing up to their potential maybe. I mean, they didn't in Miami, but maybe they will now.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: But I, I, I like the intangibles for mm-hmm. the Steelers. Uh, and to go along with their playing good football.
3: Yeah. Yep. So we have a full week of preparation here for the team to get ready for this contest. The most important one of the year against a great opponent and Mike Tomlin, as he does on Tuesday, had his presser where he's getting, getting ready for, for the game. And and he named Mason Rudolph as a starter. Uh, But Jim, are we getting a sense that Tomlin's not excited about Mason's performance It seems like when he when he talks about Rudolph, it's just very matter of fact. Yeah, he
4: did a nice job. Um, Any takes on that? You know, I've heard that on our message board and I was hearing it on the radio today. I don't buy it. I I, I think he's just being he's being as efficient as Mason is. And I didn't take some of his descriptions as uh, mediocre, not derogatory. That's not what people are saying, but just unexcited. I don't. I don't take it that way. I. I also have to look at the fact. You know, he said uh, he's going with the hot hand, mm-hmm. and obviously, if he went with uh, uh, Pickett, there'd be outrage everywhere. Mm-hmm. But he's saying he went with the uh, hot, uh, the hot hand as if it was a decision. But I, I think he's just. This is the realization that Mason Rudolph's a free agent, and Kenny Pickett is the young first round draft pick who he Tomlin in a, in a in a poor year for Kenny all the way around, uh, all the way professionally, personally, physically, uh, he wants to build his confidence. Mason doesn't need his confidence built. I mean, look what he's been through. Yeah. So, uh, I I think Tomlin wants Kenny to know he's still in mind. He's isn't losing this. So, um, I think that has a lot to do with it. Mason doesn't need Mason doesn't need all that, you know, not, not like Eric Rowe and, uh, Miles Jack, guys that came off the couch. That's that's coming from nowhere. Mason yeah. was on the team all year. He's been with the team. I, I don't I think people are looking too much too far into that. You know, back in uh '92, Cowher's first year, um, Neil O'Donnell got hurt. And and I've often compared Mason's upside to Neil O'Donnell. And Neil got hurt for the last three games. Bobby Brister stepped in. They lost two, but then they played very well in the finale and beat Cleveland. And then um, Cower went back to O'Donnell and they lost, I think it was 24 to 3 to Buffalo, matter of fact. Mm-hmm. So this time they're not going to make that mistake. You know, Bubby, Bubby still is, has bitterness about that, and he talked to me about it. I put a chapter in my book, uh, Men of Steel, about it. And uh he thought the rest of the team was shocked that they went back to O'Donnell. And uh, but so we're getting the opposite here. So it's not always cut and dry. And I know the Steelers won three in a row and that Steelers team went went one and two.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: But it's it was a similar dynamic and uh um uh, you know Mason uh Mason's an easy choice.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And so, you know, we have a big game, obviously, coming up this Sunday. But let's talk about next year. Did this performance in Baltimore, again, against backups, but still a pretty formidable unit, did that secure him returning to camp next year to compete for a spot? Do you think he'll get another contract uh, in Pittsburgh? Or how do you see that playing out?
4: What has he done for you lately? I mean, you ask yourself that's next month, next Tuesday. We'll talk about this on our next podcast. Yeah because every games you know if he if he has a really bad game in a bad situation there's no priority if he has a really good game other teams are going to be interested mm-hmm. and if you sign him back in that scenario you will probably have to make him the starter because you'll be paying him some good money decent mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. like Kirk Cousins Russell Wilson kind of money at those free agents but this is a low value uh high upside fairly high upside we've been watching the last three weeks
1: Mm -hmm.
4: so it's a a decent value pick uh for another team atlanta falcons something like that yeah or a team that's going to draft a rookie quarterback and mason can come in but i i don't i i don't think you can really say until after the game
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: yeah and one thing that i did want to note uh today about Rudolph's performance last weekend. It was the first time uh, in, in these three games that he started where I saw, and I use this term, I forget when, maybe season two, where I, I referred to Rudolph's pocket illiteracy, the his difficulty in feeling the pressure. I did see some of that where um, it felt like he should have been more responsive to knowing that he had uh, rushers coming after him. Um, so I, I did see some of that and just also forcing – you know, some of those two incompletions that he had. But still, <laughs> his his accuracy, I know he didn't throw down the field much. His accuracy on the majority of his passes is so precise. That's, to me, one of the biggest differences that I see. He, that one little screen pass to Jalen Warren between defenders, I don't know how he stuck that.
4: And there was another pass to Jalen Warren right before the back-to-back strip sacks that uh, um, Van Noy was hanging on his arm, and he still threw a... Uh, it was only seven yards uh pass. But it was a nice pass, gained some yardage, and put him in field goal range until he got strip-sacked. And even on the one fumble, it looked like he was trying to push the ball to somebody, but the ball slipped out of his hand. So mm-hmm. I don't know that that was as much pocket awareness as, you know, block these guys for another second, maybe, fellas.
1: Yeah. Yep.
4: But, yeah, he had some old school Mason moments, but I mean, I guess all quarterbacks do that.
1: Yep. Yep. Two,
4: three.
3: Yeah. yeah. And moving on in the presser. So TJ Watt has been rolled out for this weekend's contest, which is a, a bummer just being how well he's played and contributed to the success of, of the team and kept them in position to make it into the playoffs. And now that there, there's going to have to be a rotation to make up for his loss. How do you see golden and, and Herbig uh partnering to, to fill TJ's, shoes just
4: even minimally it's a shame because you know they were going to move Herbig to inside linebacker this week <laughs> oh I, I knew it was coming but uh I, I see marcus golden getting the start he's a better all-around player he's better against the run her big uh, you know they can pick their spots with him i don't know that i don't know that he's weak against the run but he's not not as heavy as golden and he doesn't play with as good a hands as golden better pass rusher, but golden's on a bad pass rusher. Yeah. So I look for golden to get the start and uh, Nick to rotate in.
3: Yeah. And I was telling you before we got on here, I went back and uh, I didn't watch the whole game, so I won't give myself that much credit, but I did watch the highlights from the Steelers uh, Buffalo preseason game. That was the the second game of preseason dress rehearsal. Um, The bills played their starters. Nick Herbig made some pretty big plays there and, and recorded a sack. Of uh of Allen. So I just want to put that out there that he's a guy that I'll be watching this weekend. We also got some other good injury news. Minka Fitzpatrick's going to be back this weekend. Maybe that'll help compensate for uh the loss of Watt, but also DeMonte Casey's coming off uh the uh from his suspension, so that should help bolster this defense.
4: Yeah, I mean Minka definitely helps bolster the defense. He can cover the tight end, it was a pretty good tight end for Buffalo. Uh Joey can uh you know, they can do whatever they want with digs, but Joey will be a big part of that, I'm sure. And, uh, um, Ikezi, they're going to see if he's in shape because Rose playing so well. Rose, 29 tackles in three games. Yeah. Now, I, we all, we all see Patrick Peterson uh, missing a tackle here and there and say, you know, look, he's a skinny little, he's a skinny converted corner. Well, Rose, a converted corner too. Mm-hmm. But it's in the last four years or so, he's been a strong safety, but, and he plays like a strong safety, but he had 12 tackles last week. Punched a ball out, picked off a pass in his first inter- in his first game. Had had a pick go right through his hands in the second game. Huh. You know he easily could have had a, a turnover in each game that he's played with 29 tackles. Do you just yank him out? I think I think Casey's really going to have to run the four minute mile here. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, you have your three safety package, which they love so much.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's a good problem to have getting healthy uh on the defensive side of the ball in some areas. Uh and, still still beat up.
4: And Peterson can move back to corner.
3: Yeah. Which, that's uh,
4: my assumption. I mean, first practice is Wednesday. Uh, this is Tuesday. So mm-hmm.
1: yep. Uh
3: so that takes us to the game, Jim. Uh early thoughts, takes on how the Steelers team matches up. Uh, what do you think the game plan will be? What do you think Buffalo is going to try to do?
4: I haven't broken it all down. I'm I'm hoping they can go back to that tried and true playoff method of using the pass to open up the run. Then you get the run game going and then it's hard to stop. And
5: mm-hmm. if they
4: creep back up, then you can hit with the pass. Cuz Mason should be able to overcome this crowd. Mm-hmm. He should be able to handle it after what they've been through Seattle and Baltimore back-to-back. So, I don't I don't know that there'll be an overwhelming overwhelm factor. There's also the factor 10 point dogs, Mm -hmm. you know, they're going to go in looser than, than the bills for sure. Mm
1: -hmm.
4: So, um, especially if they hang around and they can hang around. I haven't done a full breakdown handicapping wise of what, how Buffalo has been playing. I know they didn't play well last week and still won. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, I can't be specific and maybe we'll do another podcast this week and, and figure that all out. But, uh, Right now, I like the intangibles with Steelers. I like Mason Rudolph's ability to open up the run with the pass game. Because when they start coming out with the run, you know, toss right to Najee for minus two, and then you're like, here we go. Yeah. (laughs) Buffalo's not going to be as soft as these other teams they've been playing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
4: So...
3: So yeah, we'll, we'll try to get on here again to to do a little bit more in-depth preview. But one question I want to ask you just so in in your experience of covering Steelers teams for as long as you have in and the NFL, you know, when you have teams that are in this role of the massive underdog, not having a chance, uh 10 points, the, the national media is saying there's no chance, what what have you seen the impact that that's had on the players? Uh, in, in terms of their, their emotional approach to the game, and then what have you seen in, in performances when when teams are counted out like this?
4: Well, like I referenced before, the Steelers were 11 point dogs, I think it was 11, 11 point dogs to the Colts in 2005. That was a much better Steelers team, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were confident and they were loose. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a more daunting task that that Peyton Manning led offense was, was really good, really good, really. Uh, precise Mm -hmm. um and then of course the chargers in 94 i wasn't covering the team but the steelers uh that was an afc championship game too and the steelers were talking about making a a video super bowl shuffle type video and uh, so you could tell where their heads were at but Mm -hmm. uh you know buffalo buffalo's gonna be tough no doubt but i like the intangibles i I just like the loose feeling they're gonna have okay
3: so that that loose feeling, we'll see how that translates into play this coming Sunday. And like Jim said, we'll be back this week for another episode. So you're getting two shots of the Still City Insider podcast this week. We're gonna break down all the matchups in the game, give you our takes on how we see things playing out. And uh we'll we'll have a date announcement when that's coming here later this week. Uh, but Jim, I think that's going to do it for ninety-two. Unless
4: you yeah. have anything else you want to point out? Yeah, I just want to point out the uh, what the media is saying about the Steelers' chances. You know, uh, Washington and Michigan played yesterday, and I was in the media room. Mike Persuda, and I said, and uh, you know, we we're talking. What do you who do you think will win tonight? Because Mike, he's a Michigan State guy, so he wanted anybody to win except Michigan. So he's looking for all the angles, and he looked up. ESPN had uh, like seventy-five percent of their um analysts predicted a washington win and so that excited mike excited mm-hmm. another guy in the room and i said that's not good we like washington we we don't want 75 percent of the media picking our team that's 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 public you know yeah. that's a, a public play and sure enough they got blown up yeah. so when you tell me all the, the, the big-shot media guys love the Bills, that's a good thing.
3: Yeah, yeah. So so things are looking promising, but we've got a, a, a long ways to go before we get to, to Sunday. I know this is like Christmas time for me. I can't wait. Uh, but, Jim, that's going to do for, for Episode 92. Like I said, we'll be back here again this week. Check out Jim's work on the Still City Insider. Give him a follow at Jim Wexel on X. It's not Twitter anymore. I have to remind myself of that. Um, and we will see you back here for the Joel Steed episode, ninety-three. All right, take Joel care, Steed everyone.
4: Ninety-three? I'm pretty sure he's ninety-three. Well, let's go with the Jason World's episode.
3: All right, Jason Worlds. There we go. I
4: know he was. 93. All right, brother. Take
2: care. Everybody. All right, take.